Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah! And guys, for the first time since 1993, barring any catastrophic meltdown here in the final two minutes, the Cleveland Browns are 2-0. A few moments later. Oh my God, the Jets just scored a long touchdown. That is just embarrassing. One minute, 37 seconds later. Uh, Jeff, stand by. Onside kick, onside kick. The ball's loose. Two seconds later. Are you kidding me, Browns? What is going on here? They got their heads up their ass, fellas. A few minutes later. Third and 10, Flacco drops back, throws it up the middle, caught touchdown. Oh, my God. Stop it. Oh, my God. Stop it. Touchdown Jets with 22 seconds left. Oh, oh, my God. I'm going to be sick. I don't know. The fans must be throwing up like I was on Monday. This is as bad a regular season loss as you can have. Oh, my God. Guys. We've seen it all. We've seen it all. Cleveland Browns fans have seen it all. But, they, Dick, like, there are worse losses in the playoffs. There could be a bad loss late in the season that could cost you the playoffs. But to lose to a terrible football team up 13 with two minutes to go when they had no timeouts is – we said last week there's no excuse. Guys, this was – beyond. everybody's stunned right now. This was beyond disgusting. First of all – it's, it's mostly the defense. Kareem Hunt running out of bounds. I don't know what he's doing. The coaching staff failed. They should have told Nick Chubb to take a knee at the one-yard line. That's not on Nick Chubb. I don't blame him at all. You got That's on the coaching staff. And then the defense, which is 99.9% responsible. Denzel Ward. I just spoke to Tyvis. He said they were. He, Denzel thought it was cover two when they were playing cover three. Everybody else knew it. I said, I said, Tyvis, would they ever play cover two on that play? He said, no. Denzel Ward, you're getting paid $100 million. You have to make that. What are you doing? And then the onside kick. And then they found Grant Delpit's in the end zone on the final play. What a freaking disgrace. Sick of this crap. We keep saying they're the best defense. Great defense. Great. No, they're not. They suck the whole game. Go ahead, Brad. I'm speechless. First of all, can we take a moment of silence? <laughs> I think we did already. Take a moment of silence here for this for this nonsense, right? And and I was telling Jay just a short while ago. It amazes me. I mean, across this country, Browns fans were calling me from across this country. They are all irate. It's not the fact that they lost. It's how we Cleveland seems to find a way. I don't care what franchise it is to find a way to outdo the last franchise. I mean, we have taken so many bad losses across the board. But yesterday, yesterday. You cannot tell me that going up two scores and under two minutes to go that this thing was even in jeopardy. But I tell you what, when that kick, when he missed that kick, it sent a chill through everybody that was a Browns fan that there was a bad omen about to happen mm -hmm. here. And sure enough, with a lickety split time, what happened? We panic and go down the tubes, and there's enough accountability that we're gonna get through today. Oh. That we're gonna touch on just about everybody. I don't there's hear some, any more kicker chance. There, there, there's, there's, there's some accountability around here. The Browns have been waterboarding their fans for 30 years. <laughs> and yesterday they grabbed the bucket and the towel one more time. 
I, I was in the locker room post game and the the disgust in the players. Like everyone's quiet after a loss, right? Like everyone, it's the locker room silent after a loss. It's you know guy, but there's still usually some guys laughing a little bit or joking or whatever because it's one game and whatever will come back from it. Not yesterday. Yesterday was the most disgusted I've seen a Browns locker room after a loss, and rightfully so. Uh, I agree with Bull. There's, listen, we're going to empty the clip on the on the defense, but there is enough blame to go around um, to to other facets of the game, and and ultimately Kevin Stefanski said it's it ends with him, and he's right. He's the head coach. He has to be accountable. He has to get their attention. He has to get the the, the attention of the defense somehow, some way, uh, whether it's the players, whether it's Joe Woods. And it's Joe Woods then getting the attention of the players. But this cannot happen again. This hasn't happened in over 2,000 games. And the last time it happened, it was the Browns. I, in my opinion, this was the worst loss since they came back. There have been playoff losses, obviously, that have hurt more. Uh, there have been more consequential losses. But for a situation like this where you're up two scores, two minutes left, the other team doesn't have a timeout to lose this game is inexcusable. It's worse than the Dwayne Rudd helmet throw. The Chiefs were in that game. They led that game with a couple minutes left. It's worse than the 2001 loss to Chicago. They were still an expansionary team then with not a lot of expectations. This is supposed to be a team of grown-ups, run by grown-ups, run by adults. This can't happen, period. You know, I, I see, I just don't, you know, I, I'm in the locker room. I played the game before. I don't, I don't see people that want it. Seriously. I just don't see nobody that want it. When you give up a touchdown, you see the defense and secondary, and, and they throw the ball over your head, and you're the one who busted the play, and you have a missed assignment, sprint your ass downfield and make the tackle. I see guys jogging and, 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 and trotting behind the play. That's infuriating. That means you don't care. I don't see nobody on the sideline saying, guys, we're not going to have this. You got We, we busted plays last week. We, 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 we busted plays against this week. Leadership. Starts from them captains. We got too many dudes that's silent. Too many people that, that look like they got cartoon characters with bubbles over their head. We got to guess what you're thinking. Where are the people on the sideline getting people together? Where's Kevin Stefanski bringing people up on the sideline saying, listen, guys, we have 13 points. Know your assignments. What is your assignment? What do we got here? Quizzing people. And you know what the problem is? It's Camp Cupcake. People talk about, oh, we don't want to get nobody hurt. I don't care if nobody get hurt because you're losing anyway. Give me the backups. Give, give, give me the, the, the give me the accounts of the world. Give me the, uh, the, the, the guys that, that are backing up something. At least I know somebody's going to know their position and know what they're doing. But you know what we do? We got a bunch of dudes drinking Kool-Aid all preseason. Guys in the off-season program, I twisted my hamstring. Everybody, Denzel Ward, you missed all the camp. Let's keep it a buck. But if you gonna miss all the camp, you need you better show us you know what know what you're doing on your assignments. And there's no everybody is lax, everybody's chilling. We'll get it fixed. It's one of seventeen. That's the difference between you and the Kansas City Chiefs. That's the difference between you and the Pittsburgh Steelers. When y'all doing camp cupcake, Pittsburgh is hitting and Patrick Mahomes is playing. That's the difference. And coaches need to be in the room, room too, getting into in playoff into in the regular season mind state. The plays is coming in too slow. You're looking on your sheet of integrity and you don't know what's going on. The answers ain't on the sheet. Stop looking at these sheets and stats and get into it and understand what y'all need to do to win football games because right now y'all look real expansionist. You ever been in that situation where you're at a loss for words, but at the same time, there are so many words 
that it floods your brain. That's where I was yesterday, about 4.15. It's almost, I think it's where I am right now. I've seen a lot of horrible losses and a lot of terrible football, but I can't remember a time when I just felt so defeated as yesterday. And everybody's going to play the blame game today. And everybody is to blame. All 53 players on that roster, all 45 that put their feet feet on the on the on the grass yesterday. If their cleats touched the grass yesterday, they're responsible. But in football, like in business, everybody oh, there's got to be a fall guy. Somebody's got to be to blame. Kevin Stefanski. You wish you had the preseason over now. All the things we saw yesterday, that's stuff that you work out in the preseason. Not in game two of the regular season. That we should have figured that out in the second game of the preseason. You didn't want to play anybody. We're ready. We're good. We're good. You weren't good yesterday. And here's the saddest part. This team's heroes, Hunt, Chubb, Garrett, hell, Ward, they all made mistakes yesterday that would have changed the outcome of the game. As well as they played for 58 minutes. Everybody wants to blame Chubb for not falling. He should have fallen. And he knows to fall. He's done it before. We've seen him do it. He doesn't need to be told by his coach, but his coach should reiterate it. That's what coaches do. Chubb could have fallen. On that last drive, Hunt had two opportunities to get out of bounds, or to stay in bounds, rather, and keep the clock going. Instead, they gave the Jets five timeouts when they most needed them. They went out of bounds. Once, he probably couldn't help it. The first time, he could have gone down. He's got to know the situation. Who do you blame? The coach. Your players weren't ready to play. It would have been different if Hunt had gone down, if Chubb had gone down, if Cooper could have caught an onside kick, if York could make a freaking extra point, if Brissett doesn't throw an interception at the last on the last offensive play of the game for the Browns. They were in field goal range. A 10-yard completion, a timeout, a kick, you win the game. If the defense could learn how to communicate, they're 2-0. If Miles Garrett could have had more than one tackle, I don't want to hear any more of this craziness that he's the most talented defensive player in the league. It's garbage. He's not. He's not. He has the ability to. He had one, one tackle. One tackle. And then he's going to jump on the fans for booing? You know what the right answer is in that situation, Miles? I would have booed myself too. You're going to blame the fans for booing you? You guys deserve it. It should have been worse. And you're going to flip it on the fans. Fans work their ass off all week long to be able to afford a ticket because they don't make $25 million a year. They want to go to the game and be entertained. They don't want to make that walk of shame from the stadium to their car, knowing that they're a fan of the worst, most mocked football team in the last 30 years in the NFL. They don't deserve that. The fans deserve better. And then you're going to attack them for for booing. Nonsense. Special teams. I've always liked Prefer. I thought he was one of the best special teams coach in the league. You got schooled on a fake punt. You miss an extra point, and you can't handle an onside kick. 
this is the most disappointing thing at all. ESPN does a win probability stat throughout the course of the game based on everything that's happened to that point. When the Browns scored their touchdown to go up 13 with a minute 55, the win probability rate was 99.9%. Think about that. 99.1%. And they lost. 2,229 consecutive games. Teams had won in that situation. The last team to blow it was the Browns. So, as we play the blame game, and we're going to do that throughout the next two hours, and there's a lot of blame to go around. Kevin Stefanski, all eyes are on you. Oh, yeah. Because here's the good news. No harm, no foul. The entire division is sitting in the same tiers that the Browns are sitting in right now. Bengals lost one. They should have won. Ravens, oh, my God. I would not want to be John Harbaugh or Baltimore Raven this morning. 35-14 35-14 in the fourth quarter. Pittsburgh, you had you had a chance to win too. So the good news is the Browns are exactly today where they were yesterday before the game was played. And Kevin Stefanski, you are about to undergo the biggest coaching challenge of your career. This is it. This is it. You got three days to get your team ready for a Pittsburgh team that is as bad as they've been in a very long time. Their offense looks drunk. You better win Thursday night. Or Miles Garrett, you better bring earplugs. That Thursday night post game, that Friday show is going to be ugly if they lose this game. You're right, they got lucky that all the other teams lost in this division, and it is good. But you had a chance to be 2-0. and They should have been 2-0 and while they everybody should else. Be they should be 2 That's for fans, though. I, isn't yeah. that for fans? The coach has to say, guys, yeah. let's go. Of well, course. Listen, it's got to be put behind you this morning. They're yes, a 58-yard field goal away from being 0-2. You're exactly yeah, that's right. true. You're exactly like, right. They're a miracle so, you know what? Here's, here's the way I do the math. You're so right. And I, did, I, I came up with that last night, too, and I thought, well, the NFL gods give and the NFL gods take. Yeah. And here's the bottom line. We're not where we wanted to be through two games, but we're still in first place. Yeah. We're one and one, yeah. and I know you can play the if game and say we should be two and zero. Oh. We could be zero oh and two. Yeah, but the other teams in this division have played better teams on the schedule so far. Absolutely, well, well. And, and no question. And so it's not apples to apples. The no Browns' schedule is getting tough. We talked about they had to go at least three and one, if not four and zero. Oh. In these first four games, they can still go I'm three not and saying, one. I'm not saying the season's over. That's silly. It's, it's not. two games. It's not. But. But Man, this team's it, got issues. It's that hard to fix. move on so, from that game so, so quickly. So this is this is this is beyond that, right? Because the schedule is what it is, right? My my whole, you know, I'm a basketball guy, right? But my problem is the lack of accountability, Jay. Yeah, right. disturbing. It's disturbing. First of all, I told you before we do pre preseason is not to sit on the sideline. It's prepared to get people prepared to play. That's what it is. You can't walk off the sideline into a major competition feeling like you're ready to go. Because these are these are these are rookie mistakes here, and it's just not the play; it's just the players. The coaching yesterday down the stretch, and not just the fansky, because in basketball the head coach is watching the game, trying to do the, the, the makes and shifts as the game changes. There's someone on the sideline that is in his ear that tells him, "Hey, it's the math game now. We're not playing the Jets. We just have to run the clock out." 
The Jets are going to get this ball back with 18 seconds to go, with 99 yards to go. That's what's happening. There was here. a chance they wouldn't have got it back. No, at they would have no time. If Chubb no falls on the one yard line, there's no time. The game is so over. Maybe three seconds, so the, two seconds. So not even. There, no, there, there were going to be some seconds over. left, but it was over. Yeah. But yeah. it was apparent to me yesterday that nobody was even in his ear because that message would have got relayed to the quarterback to tell him, "Don't do this nonsense." And, and to your point. This organization is all in on analytics. That's what? It's all we hear about. It's analytics, all about the analytics, playing the percentages. That's right. I, I'll tell you, they had a 99.9% chance to win if he went into the end zone. They had a 100% chance but to I, win if he took a knee. But I will tell you this. You know what it, it, what it appeared to me from the sideline? There's always the top assistant who has enough moxie to be in the, in the head coach's ear, right? He'll push back. I see no pushback over there. Right? No. They sit there like mummies. They don't, they maybe don't, Stefanski don't. shouldn't. You know, I've always thought this too much was made of it, but maybe Kevin Stefanski needs to back away from calling the play so he can be focused on the team. Well, I've, all, I've maintained that. For, and by the way, yesterday, I thought he called a great game. It was. I thought he called a great game. We wanted more run. We saw yeah. more run. We wanted more Chubb in the fourth quarter. We saw it. Hunt in that last drive, the last two drives, was fantastic. I thought the game plan yeah. was it was flawless. Brissett almost pitched played, the perfect game. Flawless. Brissett until the pick had played as good a game as he could possibly And here's what's scary about him. that. Yeah. They can play that well and lose? To, to a bad team. Or to a team a, we think is going to be bad. And, and by the way, by the way, I know that yeah. we killed Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco's well. leading the NFL right now in passing. Yeah. I, I know that yeah. last year after well two yesterday. games, Darnold did and yeah, all yeah. of that. But we, I think we wrote his obituary too soon. Well, he, he played had four well. touchdowns and no set. How did the how, Browns got no pressure on him basically the whole day? Mike, you none. Got no interceptions. None. He threw no interceptions. I want to give us a little direction, but I got to tell you something real quick. I woke up today for the first time since I moved to Cleveland, just feeling disgusted after watching what happened yesterday. The Imagine having thing, fifty years of sweat. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning. Well, well, you ain't even scratched the surface yet. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't even scratched the surface. Welcome yet. to Heartbreak Club. You, you have here. Let me tell you. Let me get to the Brad, Brad, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. The only thing that snapped me out of that funk was the built bar I had this morning because I needed that built bar to get <laughs> back. You guys didn't know what's going that way. Yeah. Listen. Yeah, I saw that coming a mile away. If you used code Lockdown15, you get fifteen percent off built bars at built.com. The chocolate cookie dough puffs are delicious. Got to get those. I'm going to bring them down for you next episode. But listen, I, I had to ask Jason a question. Jason, this is this is serious now. You were in the locker room. You said it was the most pissed off you've seen the players afterwards. You've been in a ton of locker rooms throughout your career. What made yesterday different than some of the other times you have been in locker rooms and seen players after losses not be jubile, for a bit, lack of a better jubile. word? Just, uh, just absolute disgust to the point where I would walk up to a player and go, what the hell just happened? And, and they just shook their head in disgust and more or less walked away so look, because they didn't I mean everyone it's just one of those Jay I'm sure you guys who've been in locker rooms you've lived it no. you walk in and you're like whoa you know the temperature the second Absolutely. you walk in the door and it's one of those things you can't really explain it's but like, when you walk in you know the thermostat like, is going like, I, I wasn't like, there like yesterday so I, I don't know what it was like I the, the the most twice in my career 95 game six Braves mm-hmm the Indians locker room was out of respect for the players and needing to observe their silence. There was silence for 10 minutes. Yeah. No, nobody could even form a question. What was the worst was 97 Marlins. Mm, yeah. What happened in that game is all the media, as you know, is ushered down to the outside door of the clubhouse to come in. And this is how bad it was. We couldn't hear the game. We couldn't see the game. 
There was there were no monitors outside of the Marlins clubhouse. Mm-hmm. We felt a, what felt like a small earthquake, and I'm not exaggerating. Everybody was looking around like, "What's going on right now?" The doors of the clubhouse flew open, mm-hmm. and out came carts of champagne and carts of hats and shirts that said Cleveland Indians World Series champions. They were pulling plastic down from all out throughout the clubhouse. Yeah. yeah. The players came in. We came in, and I'd never seen a situation like that in my life in professional sports. And I've been in losing clubhouses yeah. to Super Bowl teams. Yeah. I've never felt anything. But I, as I was, I, I actually asked, I wonder what this postmortem is like in there. And I felt like, I bet it's, it, to compare it to all, the only thing I know, I bet it's similar to the 97 Game 7 loss. And the other thing that I asked, and I'm, I'm going to look to you for this, we're all saying everyone's to blame, but it all goes uphill. Kevin Stefanski said one thing right in his news conference yesterday in which he said nothing. His lips moved a lot. He said nothing. He got one thing right. It's on him. Yeah. But we've heard that before. I know he we haven't. You know what? It's lip generic nonsense. It is. It's yeah. lip service and yeah. it's generic. But here's what the question I have for we've you. We've had coaches in this town before who, who tried to straight Yeah, but blame. Stefanski's not one of them. He's Stefanski not one of them. will fall hard on the sword. Absolutely. But you know what? That's not good enough. No, it's in not. In this loss, that's not good enough. And my question to you, Jay, is did you get a sense at all? I know no, I know nobody said anything, but if we're all looking at Stefanski, did you get a sense that the, the eye emoji from this football team is also on him too? I actually don't think so. I think it's on the players. Mm-hmm. They, so they were blaming themselves. They're looking themselves. at each other. Okay, looking that's at good. Each other. I, I'm glad to hear I, that I, because from that, they can move on. Yeah. I, can see, I can see that in Newsom's comments yesterday, right? When he was talking about communicating. But let me get back to this thing with, with, with Mikey and, and, Miles, the pain. and Miles Garrett. The pain. The pain. You have no idea what the pain looks like. <laughs> Love you. You have no idea. And Love yesterday, you, the booing, was, the, the booing was not because they how they lost. It was obviously for some how they lost. It's for the pain. Yeah. How many times can you get kicked? When you're in the ground, right? And we represent this team wherever we go, right? Yeah. We're, a friend of mine, you know what she told me yesterday? She said, you know, it's like, it's like the kid waiting in the park for his father just to show up. I'm waiting for you. And he never shows. And he never shows. Yeah. Because I was, st- for two hours, I couldn't do a thing. I was I was. I couldn't do a too. thing. I could not do a thing because why? We have been down this road before. And I will tell you, I've been on the other side of it. See that dagger we did in the Chicago Bulls into the uh, Cavaliers in 89? I still had I the scar. I was there. I still I was had at the, the scene of the crime. I was a participant. Yep. Right? And I'll never forget 21,000 in Richfield Coliseum at a frenzy pace, at a, pit, at a frenzy pitch with three seconds to go. Silent. Then we dropped that dagger, and the whole place went silent. I'll never. And I, here's a kid that grew up 15 minutes from the place. And I was like, damn, just another piece of the pie. As you know, that's one of many. That's just one of many. And the Browns do it. The, 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 the Indians, Guardians do it. And yesterday, the people across this country just had enough. Yeah. Like, you uh, break my heart every time. Listen, there's a, there's a lot of damn people, and I'm going to be honest with you. I told you before this season started. The problem with us is we go about and we pick scapegoats for everybody. We give sacrificial lambs. It was OBJ. Then it was Baker. Then, then you know that now we got to figure out what we doing. Then we got Deshaun Watson. See, a lot of y'all just just happy to be in the news. I'm trying to figure out. You just happy to be in these these headlines because I'm gonna tell you what. I ain't trying to hear nobody say it's my. I raised my hand for accountability. Guess what? I'm all about consequences. If I raise my hand and say yeah, I murdered that person, your ass is still going to jail. Mm-hmm. 
Ain't nobody crying for you. And we got a bunch of people sitting here. I'll take accountability for it. It's all on me. No, what are the consequences, coach? Who's not starting next week? Bingo. Yep. Who ain't playing no more, coach? But 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 you you kumbaya and I believe in calling people out publicly. See, you, oh, I, I I feel like getting up there on some Denny Green. That's, yeah, it's a bunch that. of people on, the, on on our team that think they're better than they are. Can't win with them. Can't, can't play with them. Can't, can't play with them. Can't, can't do we, it. There's a lot of guys getting paid big money on this team, <laughs> and they're not playing up to their contract. And when Miles Garrett, man, we, and I love Miles Garrett, but put that that quote back up, please, Mikey. That that Mary Kate Cabot quote. Uh, from Miles Garrett, lamented the fact that fans booed at the end of the game. Feels the player should be respected. Doesn't want the fans giving up. The fans in this town are the most loyal fans on the face of the earth. They stick by players when they when they let them down all the time. Like no fan base I have ever seen in my life. You cannot now a fan says something inappropriate. A fan throws something on the field. Okay, but yeah. that's not what happened here. You d- the Browns look at that number by the way. Yeah, bull pathetic. Look, look at that 34 point to the Jets and the Panthers and and bull. First of all, I want to commend you for your comment. Um, you're from New York. You know fan bases. Yes, you know how bad they can be. Uh, I've lived in New York. I've lived in Florida. I've, I've been all around the country covering all yeah. the pro sports teams. You're right. This fan base is the most resilient fan base because when other teams turn in 30-year eggs, there's none left. They go away. They're gone. No. And here we are, packing the joint, watching garbage like that, and then we have to hear from our best player who made his name was in the in the box score for one play. He did nothing. He's and a, he's gonna he's going to ridicule the fans. That's ridiculous. For their right to boo after they spent a couple hundred dollars to watch that garbage. Most of the fans here, they're 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 cleaning up garbage. They're working in factories. They're doing office jobs. They're barely getting by. This all their disposable income is to watch this freaking team play for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. They get. All you have to do as a player is say you love Cleveland and and give them anything, and they will love you like no other Forever. fan has. Forever. Forever. And you're going to complain about it? You know what he should have said? What? We deserve to yeah, be yeah. booed. Of course they and did. And they deserve better. 100%. And we're going to give them better Thursday night. Say better. Jay, get to, get, to, get to this because you said apropos statement here, right? What I don't see on any great team, who is the freaking leader? That's what here? I want to know. Who is the because somebody was supposed to be in somebody's grill like this one. We you saw Flacco Flacco said, yeah, hold no. on. Oh, yeah. they gonna give us a chance. Get ready. They gonna give us a chance. Be ready. That's what Flacco was saying. Who is that? Where was our leader? Who is this? And, and you know what? They, they always say that a team takes on the personality of their head coach. Unfortunately, that's what it that's like. happened. here. That's what it's looked like. I He's got no energy. Lase I want him to be as as Blah. angry as we are. Yeah. He comes to the mic. Everything's okay. Well, that didn't go our way. Yeah. And I'm going to take all the blame. Who, so G, we got to do better. G, no, not acceptable. G, all their leaders are quiet like him. But but G, wait a minute. Who's the pit bull? Some sometimes. I, I who is it? I was 18 years old, 19 years old in college. I came from high school. I went to OU. And we, I went from winning against Ignatius to coming here getting blown out by Buffalo. I saw guys running around doing layups before game, and I looked around and the game plan was terrible. I went up to my coach and said, "Look, 
What are we doing? This game plan is trash. I said, you coaching like you scared. He looked like he had seen a ghost. Because at the end of the day, those people is in the bunker with you. Mm-hmm. A player has to say, y'all got to keep each other accountable. Mm-hmm. That's why you run those laps. That's why you, you they, they almost break you. They break your spirit so that you understand that it's going to be hard as hell to win. Winning is damn near impossible when you're playing against somebody across the line that's just, that's just as talented as you. And maybe wants it more. And want it more. The Jets G-Bush. played that game like they wanted it You know more. what that hat says to me? Culture. Mm-hmm. Culture. Culture. Tradition. It means something. Wanting to be great. Holding one another accountable. You learned that there. I don't see it. Jay, I don't see I it. don't know where it's coming from I, from I, our guys. I, I, I the see Jets it. played like the Jets played that game it. yesterday like they were the team going By the, way, the playoffs. Did his players not rally around Robert Sala yesterday? They did. He said did. I'm taking receipts. He okay. knew his ass was buried. He it, it was a loss. <coughs> he knew it just like we knew it was a win. Yeah. His guys never gave up you, on him. You see Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. Garrett, Garrett, Garrett Wilson. Wilson Shot, like, how about Garrett Wilson? Garrett Wilson walking here Shot like he was at Ohio and, Stadium. Yeah. He said, and, oh, I'm played, back in Ohio here. Like, Let me get these touchdowns. Yeah. And why I get my first one, let me do the lock over everybody. Yep. And Jason, I'm back I home. I want to jump in, but real quick, because on the postgame show yesterday, we went from elation when we came on in two minutes to being so angry and yelling and screaming. You said, like, if you're Denzel Ward, who played a crap game yesterday, he's got to he's got to go up to Joe Woods and say, "I got Garrett Wilson the fourth quarter." That's what all I'm shutting do. him down. That's what all That's the great it. ones do. Game over. All the great ones. Why is his head up his ass? But why does the? I, I agree with you. Yeah. But why isn't Joe Woods saying that? <laughs> I don't know. Now, Tyvis made the point that when they're playing cover three, it's kind of like playing man, and you can't. And, can we and, not bump either? Can, can we not play bump? I don't but, know. Bumper rub dead. No. I don't know what happened to it. I don't did, know. Did you just go? <laughs> I'm watching the game and I'm going, why are we giving everybody a free release and, on every single play? And no. by the way, it wasn't just the fourth quarter in this game. I know. The Jets receivers were one and free the whole game. And I don't get it. I, I have no idea. Listen, yeah. Tyvis Powell this week is appointment viewing. Well, you have got to yes. watch yes. him. I can't wait on to get Wednesday, him in here. Right? He's Wednesday, right? Yeah. Make time out of your schedule to watch him. Seriously, you're going to want to see this. We've all been texting with him uh, periodically. I was texting with him this morning. The way that he can explain to you why mm-hmm. Denzel Ward blew it on that coverage play at the end of the game and really why Denzel had a bad game all along. Grant Delpit on the game-winning touchdown. He's, it, uh, Tyvis said, it's elementary 101. That's the first thing they teach you. Put your heels on the goal line. Don't right. go into the end zone until the route takes you into the end zone. Which it didn't. It, which it didn't. Which <laughs> it, it, he never went in. He caught it. Garrett Wilson caught yeah. it outside of the end zone. Yeah. There was no reason for Delpit to be in the end zone crazy. So just the way that Tyvis can explain this to you, you really want to watch him. You want to watch him every week, but especially this week, a, a, um, a former NFL defensive back <laughs> texted me yesterday that at halftime of the Panthers game, the Panthers astutely made the adjustment that these defensive backs are confused, right? They don't know what's going on. And they started bunching receivers and running crossings and they quickly learned they don't know what's going on. They can't. They can't follow things. Instead of correcting so, what happened, they went the other way. So, and screwed up the whole game. Exactly. Yeah. So, Carolina caught it at halftime and said, "There's a lot of opportunities that we're that we're not taking advantage of. These defensive backs aren't communicating. They're lost. They can't handle crossing routes. Let's just put bunch receivers up." The same person then said, "Off that half of tape, the Jets' defensive coordinator or yeah. offensive coordinator astutely figured out." what Carolina figured out in a half. These guys are lost back there. They don't know what's going on. 
We're going to bunch receivers up. We're going to put two and three to a side, bunch them all together, and off the release, they're losing guys. And it's and I said last week, I said, you know what's amazing to me when Tyvis di- diagrammed what happened? I said, what's amazing to me is, is that that, don't, that doesn't happen more often. And apparently, that now is the book on this defense. Yeah. Well, and, and I know we're going to bring Tim in, but real quick to what you said, Tyvis was telling me this morning, Robert Sala is like the creator of this defense right. that the Browns are running. Mike exactly. La- Mike LaFleur, the Jets' offensive coordinator, knows all the counters and all the breakers to it because he's been coaching in it for six years. Yeah. So that's important to keep in mind that the Jets know how to break this better than probably anyone, and certainly they well, And they broke the it. Let's quarter. get Tim's take broke on it. it. Yeah, I, <laughs> Tim, uh, we, were, we were speechless. We really were. We didn't have words. Um, the floor is yours, man. Get it all off your chest. It's therapeutic. Yeah, man. It was it, it was tough to watch. It was painful, uh, and unfortunately for me, it brought back a little PTSD from uh, the last time this <laughs> happened in the NFL was in two thousand one, which I was unfortunately a part of as well. Um, we were beating the Bears on the road in Soldier Field. We were up by fourteen points actually, with about a minute and a half to go. And they scored a touchdown, got an onside kick, and threw a Hail Mary and took us to overtime and beat us in that game. So, you know, you just don't see the breakdowns like this with that type of lead late in games. But it, it was a hard pill to swallow, man. But other than that, you know, uh, before that happened, I thought Jacoby Brissett played a hell of a football game. Uh, the way he was distributing the football, his accuracy, he seemed like he was in really good command of the offense. But, uh, you know, it's just uh, just unfortunate the way it all ended for him. Hey, Tim, you know, we were talking – with Tyvis before the show and he said that on that on that long touchdown to Corey Davis that Denzel Ward like that they were playing cover three and Denzel Ward for some reason thought they were in cover two when the whole rest of the team knew they were in cover three and I said to Tyvis who was a DB in the league I said would you ever play cover two in that situation he said no so I I can't wrap my head around why Denzel Ward like how weird is it a for one player to get the coverage wrong when the whole rest of the team has it right, especially a coverage that you wouldn't typically play in that situation. How egregious is that error on his part? It's unbelievably rare that you would make that error in that moment, especially a player like Denzel, who's, who's a heck of a football player, mm-hmm. and you know just to not be on the same page. I mean, you can't have a breakdown of communication, especially at that point in the game. You know, the last thing you're going to do is let a receiver get behind you. You have to understand what coverage you're in. As Tyvis said, it's going to be cover three, probably cover four, something where you're getting deep. You're, you're, you're getting deeper than their deepest guy. You're not letting anyone just run past you uh, at the line of scrimmage and get a free release. So it was, uh, you know, an extremely unfortunate time to have a breakdown like that. It's a, it's inexcusable uh, in that moment to, you know, for a player like Denzel um, to, to let that happen. So those guys got to start getting on the same page. There's too many breakdowns in coverage and miscommunication going on in that secondary right now. So, Tim, it's two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row this has gone on. I'm Who is the person? Because, you know, people sometimes confuse in sports that they think it's the stars that hold everybody accountable. Most sometimes it's not. It's somebody within the group that's holding everybody accountable. I'm looking for that person on the Browns. Who is the person on the defensive side of the ball that is holding the other players accountable? Because the coaches can only do so much. At some point, somebody's got to get in somebody's grill like, you letting us down, right? And, and the other side of that is, after two performances like this, somebody's getting bits today. You're not in the lineup next week because we can't trust you now. So who is that person, Tim, that holds the, the, the defensive side accountable? You know, I don't know if they found that person yet so far on this defense, yeah, but uh, that, that person is going to have to 
step up because yep. there has to be that communicator uh, on the defense. There has to be constant communication going on, especially in that secondary with, between the corners and the safeties and, and understanding what coverage you're in and where your help's coming from. And right now it's just not happening. And somebody's certainly going to have to step up and take over that role. And like you said, I would expect some changes to be made in the secondary going forward after these last two weeks with the breakdowns and allowing big plays over, over the top. Tim, after a devastating loss like this, next time you're in the building, what's that day like? What's Kevin say? How does he get – ultimately, it, it, it's his responsibility. What does he do to get guys' attention? You know, it, it's a tough feeling when you walk in the next day when you blow a lead like that. Uh, it's so hard to win football games in the NFL as is when you have a game won and, and you just let it go and, uh, you know, you blow it. It's, it's so hard to recover from that emotionally. You know, it's such a letdown. And you, there's a lot of fingers to be pointed. There's a lot of blame to be passed around when you have a breakdown like that. But it's, it's really just, you know, you're just coming in and trying to get guys to put it behind them and move on as, as best you can. That's way easier said than done. Uh, but you just try to focus on the next game and just turn the page as quickly as possible because, you know, there's no weeks off in the NFL. you got to get ready to go again this week. But th like I said, that's way easier said than done. Guys still feel a lot of responsibility and a lot of letdown from, from a loss like that. So it's, it's a tough situation for the next couple days. In that locker room, it's, uh, you're going to have to rely on the leaders within the locker room to really kind of, you know, police uh, you know, the locker room and get guys motivated, get ready to practice, and, and start focusing on the game this week. All right, I'm going to get everybody mad again, guys, when you hear what I'm about to say here. So we were already ticked at Miles Garrett, right, for his comments yesterday. We're looking for not just accountability, as you guys have said. We're looking for more than that. We're looking for guys to say, I screwed up. We're going to freaking do something about it, whatever. Instead, we've gone the opposite here. So somebody tweeted this morning, uh, this, it, it, this we already know about the Miles Garrett. Somebody tweeted this morning, Denzel Ward gave up over 100 yards in a game for the first time in his career, NFL and NCAA. Denzel Ward responded to that tweet. Oh, geez. And here's what he said. LOL. Look at that, too. Worst grade, according to Pro Football Focus, 35, 35. Denzel Ward responds to the tweet about his bad game and says, LOL, I was only targeted one time yesterday. A lot of fake news out there. People don't know what they don't know. Okay, now, let's, let's say one thing. We, th that's true to a, to, a, to a point. We're assuming that, and we have to assume, because I don't know why, why it would be wrong. Uh, Tyvis played in this defense. I can't imagine there's a scenario where we're missing that it wasn't his responsibility. I don't know what that scenario Listen, would be. I was in the locker room. I wrote it this morning. I had it confirmed from someone who knew the play call. Denzel blew the play call on the long touchdown. But not from pass. Denzel himself. Not not from Denzel himself. See, that's but what I'm 99.9% inclined to believe that. But when, when he, <clears throat> how, first of all, that's bad looks. That's just terrible. That's you bad can't looks. do that. You cannot. You can't be L O L. Yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous. no one's laughing here, Denzel. I'll send Nothing's this funny. to you, Mikey, so you can put it up. Nothing's there. funny. Hundred million dollar man. I got, I got it, Bill. Don't worry. And, okay. and here's the thing, and and Tim, I want your reaction to this because can't have that. You you've stood on that grass and heard mm -hmm. the boos from the fans. Mm -hmm. This fan base has had roughly a couple hundred thousand reasons to boo in my lifetime. Okay, a couple hundred thousand. They've never had more reason to boo, in my opinion than yesterday. And you've got the best player on the team, some say the best defensive player in the league, calling them out for booing. On the other side, you've got Jacoby Brissett, who wisely said afterwards when asked about the booing, I don't know, man, I was zoned out. I didn't even hear it. 
I'm sure you were asked about fans booing you. There's what you want to say, and then there's what you actually say. I can't believe Miles Garrett made that mistake. I, I, I'm stunned by that, and it, re- it really concerns me moving forward because that's a chemistry makeup problem. You have to own that. What do you make of his comments? What did you say in the, in the times when you were asked about fans booing you at home? Well, I think it goes two ways. You know, I think sometimes fans boo when, you know, you feel like it's it's unjustified. Like you, you think, you know, you're having a, a rough spot in a game. You can figure it out. You know, let's don't boo the home team. I understand players saying at that point. But when a situation like that happens, when your defense is out there on the field, the game is in your hands. The offense has a 13-point lead with a minute and a half to go. You can't give up 14 points in a minute and a half, man. So you have to take some responsibility. The fans had every right possible to boo in that situation. Hell, we were all booing. I was booing watching the game. Uh, you, you can't give up those plays in that situation. So I don't like those comments from Miles. I would rather see him step up and say, you know what? That's our responsibility. I'm one of the best players in this league. I can't let that happen. We can't give up th- uh, 14 points in under a minute and a half. Offense takes a chance to win. we got to put it away on defense. That's what you want to say in the post game. You don't want to come out and blame the fans for booing. They had every right to boo in that situation. That's something that hasn't happened in over 20 years. You just allow something that hasn't happened in over 20 years to your defense at home and with a 13-point lead. So I, I feel what the fans are feeling. It's a very frustrating to lose a game that way. And wish Miles would have maybe um, thought that one through a little bit. So I w- and I'll say this to you, Tim, to, to, to Jay's point. I, I think that the you know, you do take on the personality of the people leading you, you know, so fancy has a layback personality. What I don't see on this team is because I've been around. I don't see no Ray Lewis personality. I don't see no Mike Singletary personality. I don't see any Richard Sherman personality. I don't see any of that of what, what these Constantine Aaron Donald. I don't see anybody here putting the check down on everybody. Instead, you got one of your star players responding they, they to knuckleheads about, on Twitter. These yeah. are the dudes making the money. You want me to make it worse? <laughs> I'm going to make it worse for you. I just looked at the original tweet. No one tagged him in it, and he wasn't tagged. So, so he's, he's searching, searching, he's, he's searching he's his name on Twitter. Twitter. That's what he's doing today. He's searching his name on Twitter this morning to see who's blaming him. That's or, what's important to Denzel Ward today. Or someone sent it to him. Or someone sent it to him. But in all likelihood, if, if Denzel Ward this morning typed his name into a Twitter search bar, yeah. And is reading those responses, we're done. Hundred million dollars. We're man. done as an organization. Right, this is one of our best players. So I'm, going, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a another. My, I'll give you these. My Someone best. had to send this, that. This, I hope so. I give, hope this is the too. original tweet. Just so you guys. Know, I want to give John you John Costco. I, I always give you these Michael Jordan quotes, right? So one of his favorite quotes is this. So, Shout out to John Costco. So, too. so here, here's the story. Michael used to say this: "A hurt dog will bark." So think about that. Yeah. So Denzel uh, Ward's feelings are hurt. So he's barking. That's why he's typing back. Mm. Instead of just saying, I screwed it up. I see you on Thursday. That's all we looking well, for. My man, is that what I want? That's to all we looking for. I screwed it up. Yeah. I, I wanted to hear that Thursday. from Miles Garrett. Yeah. I wanted to hear that. But instead, they're yelling at the fans for booing <laughs> them. They're chirping back on Twitter. Yeah. We're, we're, we're in trouble, guys. Well, we, and these are our defensive well, leaders. John, and by the way, John Costco's not a random guy on yeah. Twitter. He's, he's an NFL right. analyst. Or something. But, but yeah, the, but, but Denzel Ward, if he wanted to respond, should have said, you know what? I sucked yesterday. That is never happening again. And I'm not going to allow our whatever. It's Say so, something. Here, it's so, as, a, as, a, as a former player, things happen. All right? Just take some accountability and keep it moving, right? The problem is you're trying to justify... <laughs> That what my eyes didn't see what they saw. Yeah, like to, yeah, your, point, I know. to, to your point, G. <laughs> uh, they throw the ball, right? 
He's running down the sideline, the receiver. This is walking. You walking, jogging, <laughs> jogging behind I'm like, what the you play. Doing? I, 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 I'm quiet today because I, I, I'll be mad. I can't, I can't. I, I have to cool off a little bit. I mean. I mean, you you giving up the plays. My as a matter of fact, this goes back to 2020. Let's be clear, because when they was when they was so called rolling in 2020, look at the games they were up. Tennessee Titans game up big, gave up a bunch of points. Oh, this is the trademark to, of this team. Yeah, yeah, Pittsburgh Steelers game in the playoff that we anointed them. Yeah, you had five turnovers. All, all them points in the fourth quarter. Yep. They did it the first game this year. They continuously do it. It's the it, DNA it's, of this it's, team. It's, it's, it's what you are. They have no killer instinct. <laughs> it's, None. It, it, yes. and, that's, and you know what? Yeah. I don't think Kevin does. No. And I, think, and I think the team now has assumed that personality. Tim, Tim is that the coach? Tim, yeah. Tim, is that the coach? Because, I mean, obviously most of the players are the same, but there are some new pieces. But we've seen this movie time and time. And time. We play down to our competition in the fourth quarter every week is that the coach what's going on yeah you know i think i think you're right about that you know you know teams do reflect the personality of their head coaches there i think that is an absolute fact you can see it all the way from you know any team in across the league that kind of reflect the personality of the head coach and you know if the coach doesn't get aggressive late in games if he takes uh, it takes his foot off the gas i think the players kind of do that as well but you know i think it goes on the field player somebody on that defense has to step up and be a vocal leader. Make sure guys aren't letting up. You know, you got to play the same way for four quarters. You can't play three great quarters and say, well, we did our job. And then you give up a ton of points in the fourth, and all of a sudden you're in a dogfight trying to win a game. So somebody's going to have to step up and, uh, and be that emotional leader for these guys. Keep that, that intensity going for four quarters because right now, you know, like we said, over the last few years, we haven't seen them finish games. We've seen them play great at times. And we've seen them shut guys down, and then all of a sudden they give up a ton of points. But you got to finish games in this league because if you don't, things like this happen. Tim, but it's usually the vet that steps up. Yeah. Now, the, the people leading our defensive side, they're young players. Who is the vet? Because I don't see them. I don't see Wilbur Marshall. I don't see Otis Wilson. I don't see them. People keeping people in check. Because somebody would have checked Denzel. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. He walked into the training camp today. He getting checked this morning. For that nonsense, because I got Twitter too. I see it, right? And then Miles, like, let me explain something to you here. You two are making the most money here, right? You got to be the front dogs here, right? You, we, you can't be going back and forth with your with your fan base. You it just make, cannot. It it's ridiculous. Make, it don't make sense, man. It's just maybe we overestimated how good they are, guys. Maybe the, maybe that, maybe, listen, maybe you overestimated. That's I'm entirely possible. Maybe not. We, maybe I mean they played the Jets and the Panthers. Maybe and may, they could be zero and two. That, maybe they're not as good as what they think they are or what we think they are. Because to me, I've not yet seen in, in the Kevin Stefanski era. As I look down into games, I have not seen them play a complete game. The Bengals where, last where, year, where they dominated somebody. Where they, from, well, from, I thought that was a, yeah. probably from, their their. But they signature win. They but started off few and far between. Well, but other if, than that, if you can only yeah. point to one in two plus seasons, that's a problem. So Jay, tell me who is the person that calls people out here? That's a great question. Who is the coach? It? Not gonna call nobody out. He's the guy to be like, he gonna talk in general. Well, then you know what? Then <laughs> a leader better emerge from within. But hang on, because what you see publicly from Kevin Stefanski <laughs> isn't necessarily <laughs> who he is behind the scenes. We had the red faced emotional outbreak head coach. That here doesn't always work. Freddie Kitchens. No. Yeah. And and look where that got you. No, 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 Jason. Because in, in pro sports, you got to put people on the fire sometime, and the fire is in the paper. 
right? Right. You got to make them mad. Behind right? closed doors, don't be working I got to come like to that. practice and be mad that you was on me in the paper. Well, whatever he's been doing, and we can <laughs> maybe, maybe we can assume that it is behind closed doors, whatever he's yeah. been doing not is working. working. I, I, I right. think we are being a little prisoner of the moment. Yeah, in this because everyone loved Kevin's cool hand right. when he first got here. It was great. It There's was plenty a, of coaches that yell and scream that don't do any winning. That's either. exactly right. No, you're, you know? you're right. I agree you with that, but you need to find a balance. You don't hear me out here talking about yelling and screaming on rampages. I'm not... This is this is warranted. This is directed. Yeah, you're these right. Are, these are certain responses that come with the business, right? And this is not the business we're getting here. Go ahead, Mikey. Uh, this is from Tyvis real quick. He wants to chime in. Then I have a question for Tim. But he said Denzel isn't wrong. He did only give up one catch, dot, 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 in man. He busted zone coverage, so technically not him. So pick your poison on how you want to read into that. But doesn't matter. Still not something it's he irrelevant. should be tweeting. Whether Denzel Ward is right or not, it's irrelevant. That one play he gave up cost them the game. I'm just being the message so here. Not, Tim, I, we, I do have a question for you, though, Tim. You mentioned Brissett off the top. He played pretty much an A-plus game for Jacoby Brissett's standards. What was most impressive about uh, number seven's performance, in your opinion, yesterday? Well, I thought they did a great job early in the game, especially of getting the football out of his hands. They came out, you saw in those first couple drives, and they're throwing screens. They're getting the balls to the tight end. I thought they got Njoku involved with a couple catches on that first drive, and then they never went back to him. After that, you know, I was thinking, you know, once they got him going in the first quarter a little bit, you're thinking, all right, here he goes. They're going to start getting him more involved in the offense. And they never went back to him really after that first drive or so. Uh, but I thought Jacoby did an excellent job. I thought he was seeing the field extremely well. He knew exactly where he was going to go with the football. He knew exactly what that defense was doing. He was accurate with the football. He was making strong throws. I thought he played one hell of a game, man. He, he looked really good. He did everything he had to do to win that football game. What did you see on the pick, though, Tim? What happened? Uh, you know, I think it's just one of those situations, you know, at the end of the game where you're just trying to force it down the field. There's not a whole lot there. Obviously, yeah. the defense is playing soft. They're not trying to give anything up over the top. And you got to get a big play in that situation. So it's one of those things. It's, it's going to be a tight window, and you're going to either get it in there barely or it's going to be a pick. So uh, just maybe a touch late with it. Um, you know, if he throws it a little bit earlier, maybe he gets it in there. Uh, but other than that, man, you know, he made the one mistake, but it should have never come down to that. He should have never been in that situation. The defense should have never put him there. He did what he had to do. He gave him a 13-point lead with a minute and a half to go. Yeah, that's, that's all you can do as a quarterback in this league, and you, you expect to win those games. But, you know, that, that, that interception was just a tough situation and, you know, just trying to, you know, kind of in desperation mode, just trying to make a play to get your team a chance to kick a field goal there. It's a shame, Tim, too. Yeah. Otherwise, he was perfect. Tim, last thing, yeah. speaking of perfect, I mean, Amari Cooper was perfect until he – didn't get on that onside kick. I don't know what he was doing there. But uh, on offense, he played great. Nine, uh, ten targets, nine catches, 100 yards, touchdown. Uh, that's the kind of number one receiver we're looking for. He played, you know, on offense, he was fantastic. I thought so, too, man. I thought he played one hell of a game as well. He was he was getting he was getting open. His routes were great. Uh, catching the football, he had a good understanding of the system and, and understanding of the, the defenses, finding the holes in the zones. Uh, he, he's, he's a great football player, man. That's, what, that's exactly what we were hoping to see when we signed Amari to bring him in here. Those type of games are what we expect from him week in and week out. And uh, that, that was good to see. That was, you know, you definitely want to see him step up. And uh, he uh, looks like he's going to be a heck of a player here. Thanks, Tim. Well, yeah, Tim, great, great stuff. We'll see you next Monday. Hopefully uh, we're right, talking thanks, about see you next week. a win Thursday thanks. over the thanks, Steelers. Tim. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? 
Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.